I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, everyone. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron, and today is Saturday, March 6th, 2021. We have a great conversation coming up for you today. Decrypt's executive editor, Jeff Roberts, interviews PayPal CEO, Dan Shulman. And they're talking crypto. They're talking about crypto innovation, integration with PayPal and Venmo, and the future of finances and banking. This is a very interesting opportunity to look inside the brain of a CEO and what they're thinking about the crypto space. Enjoy this conversation. I'll be back after the show to wrap things up. Just to open, I was intrigued when you referred to the idea of building PayPal into a super app. And, you know, I've often remarked on this sort of difference between U.S. apps and the Asian ones that are more all-encompassing. So I'm just wondering if you can sort of share a little more about your long-term vision for what payments North America will look like and how PayPal's gonna be part of that. Well, I think pandemic sort of shifted a lot of things in terms of my thinking, not necessarily over kind of where we might have been five or 10 years from now, but just the timing of that thinking. Clearly, trends were moving to more and more digital, whether that be digital shopping or digital payments. With the advent of the pandemic and all the changes in our behavior, changes pretty much through every fundamental part of our life, how we live and work and play uh, going forward, just accelerated dramatically. And because of that, what I started to see is our consumers think about their budgeting, their savings, their investments, their payments, how they pay, the way they want to pay, the way they want to shop, all converging. And nobody wants to memorize 50 different passwords enter their financial information into 50 different apps, learn 50 different nav uh, systems. And so really this whole idea of a super app across digital payments, all forms of payments, across all financial services and across shopping tool sets became very clear to me that that's what our customers wanted, that's what they needed. And as they moved more and more of their lives onto digital platforms, PayPal, because of our capabilities, our scale, and the trust that people have in our brand could be one of those super apps. And we are, you know, rushing as fast as we can to deliver that functionality. Yeah, I think from a consumer's point of view, that's exactly what people do want. I mean, I think this sort of jumble of different apps and financial login procedures is a pain. But practically, from a strategic point of view, is are your competitors going to let you do that? Because, you know, I think that would sort of require having kind of one app to rule them all, which would be useful for me. But I think if I was one of your competitors, I probably would not be eager to empower PayPal to do that. So is that a sort of a practical thing you can pull off? You know, it's a... Um an ecosystem that's evolving pretty dramatically uh, right now. We already uh, are the digital wallet for financial institutions around the world, right? People put in, like you, you put in, I hope you're a PayPal customer or a Venmo customer, but, uh, but you know, you put in any one of your financial instruments from any 
financial institution. You might put in uh, a credit card from uh, JP Morgan. Uh, you might put in a debit card from a different bank. You probably have retailer uh, cards and loyalty cards. You may want to pay with rewards points um, from Marriott that are converted into fiat currency. You may want to use cryptocurrencies that you know can be used as a funding instrument. And so really, I think it's absolutely necessary if digital wallets are going to take the place of your leather wallet that contains multiple instruments, different forms of ID, that there needs to be a consolidation. That doesn't mean that we aren't one of, if not the largest driver of digital uh, growth for our partners. And so I think it can really be a, a win-win uh, for the ecosystem and quite focused on partnering as much as we possibly can and driving um, growth as people move from cash to more and more forms of digital payments and digital shopping. And uh, turning to the innovation that could make all this happen, I think, you know, it seems a lot of people say the back end of the U.S. financial infrastructure needs to be upgraded. And a lot of people are saying, you know, crypto, crypto and blockchain solutions, you know, could let us have like T0 and avoiding the sort of debacles that happened with, uh, you know, with the DTCC and Robinhood. Uh, I understand you and your team are looking at some of this, but again, you talk to the crypto crowd, they're all sort of wild-eyed, this is going to change the world. But you know, you're know, you probably more familiar with the real world of the U.S. banking system. So do you think crypto can have a role in improving financial infrastructure? So I think there are a couple of um, things that um, PayPal has that allow us to look at this maybe in, in a slightly different way than you know one form or another or one camp uh, or another. First of all, we have tremendous scale, um, and we have that scale around the globe. So we understand government and central bank and regulators' points of view across the world. To really be a financial services player, sort of the foundation of that is compliance, is regulatory compliance, it's understanding FinCEN rules and, and understanding how to work hand-in-hand -hand with governments to advance their agendas, um, as well as those of central banks as well. And so to me, that's just foundational. But here's the interesting thing. When I think about the financial system today, I think about it, and you just mentioned a couple of these things. One, it's relatively inefficient in terms of like, it can take days to clear uh, transactions to really get money into your account. Um, the take rate of the financial system across the world right now is about 2.8%. And it's been relatively constant for 10 years, which by the way, doesn't really make sense because most of the time technological advances as well as scale drive down costs. But the, but the most disappointing uh, part of that 2.8% is if you're uh, more affluent, that take rate can be 1% or less. But if you have less money, then that take rate can be five, maybe even 10%. And so the system is, it's slow, it excludes a lot of people, and it's not inclusive. Um, so people can be left behind. And I think governments, central banks are all trying to figure out what is the next generation of technology that can address some of those issues, that can make the system faster, less costly, and more inclusive. 
And I do think that some of the underlying technologies associated with cryptocurrencies, potentially some of the underlying technologies that central banks are looking at, do have that benefit of really taking the infrastructure of the old system and modernizing it so that we can achieve a much more inclusive society. Um, and that's a goal of everybody. Turning specifically to PayPal, um, sounds like you're standing up a crypto unit. Can you shed a little light on what exactly that means? Like, you know, who's who's running that? What is their mission? Um, you know, what, what do you hope is that's going to yield next year and then five years from now? Yeah, we've been studying sort of uh, the next generation of payments for the last five years or so. Um, you know, we uh, were fortunate enough to have Wences Casares on our board uh, for a while. If you know Wences, he's sort of <clears throat> ground zero for Bitcoin in uh, Silicon Valley. He encouraged us to look at all forms of different uh, uh, structures that might emerge. Um, we uh, had a, a blockchain uh, research unit inside our tech teams. Uh, we've done investments over the last five years. But as I really saw this massive shift towards digital in the last year, the rapid decline of the use of cash, more and more people wanting to do digital transactions, both online and offline, you know, I really felt we needed to take uh, all of our resources across PayPal and really recruit heavily from the outside to get the best talent inside PayPal because, you know, we have 377 million digital wallets right now. They're a natural complement to all forms of digital currency. Our mission is to try to be very inclusive, make sure nobody's left behind as we move into the digital economy. I'm thinking about the modernization of the underlying infrastructure and what kind of role can we play in that in helping potentially to shape that working hand in hand with regulators and central banks. I felt like we really needed a business unit that was exclusively focused on that, that had all the resources that it needed and all the talent that it needed to be able to um, to advance that agenda. Um, can I push you for a couple more specifics? So you mentioned Wences Casarius, who is indeed a legend in crypto circles. Is he going to have a hands-on role or any other specifics you can share about what the mission is for this unit? Well, it is to advance the utility of digital currencies. And what I mean by that is both cryptocurrencies, because we didn't move into crypto environment because we felt like Bitcoin was going to move from 10,000 to 30,000 or 30,000 to 50,000. That's not what our underlying goal is to to ride that asset class, you know, up or down in terms of trading. It's really to take what are the fundamental benefits of cryptocurrencies and digital currencies and how do they take payments to a next generation? As I mentioned, you know, the modern infrastructure is out, uh, you know, the infrastructure today is outdated. There's a whole modern infrastructure that we can use right now whether that be smart contracts, whether that be digitizing assets and democratizing access to those, um, whether that means um, the ability for people in developing countries to be part of the digital economy. I think there is a ton of opportunity um, for us to be helpful in creating that next generation infrastructure. That's what this business unit is about. We've put some of our very best technologists 
in it. We've taken those from our core tech team into um, this uh, uh, digital um, blockchain and digital currency business unit. We're recruiting from the outside. We're setting up an advisory uh, board where you'll have both tech experts, regulatory experts, some crypto experts uh, in that. We'll announce that over the next couple of months. And, you know, we'll look to potentially acquire as well, um, whether that be acquiring uh, talent or capabilities to help us to work with regulators and uh, governments and consumers to really put the promise, you know, what's been talked about into play, real functionality into the market, not just uh, think about crypto as an asset class, um, but really as a fundamental underlying part of how we can advance payments. And uh, will part of the process involve embracing Ethereum or another platform in addition to Bitcoin? It very well could. You know, right now we accept trading purposes, you know, Ethereum, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, and, and Bitcoin that'll expand going forward. But that's only, you know, buy, sell, hold. You know, when you look at the underlying technology, you know, you want to make sure that it can be built for scale, you know, that the transaction speed thousands of transactions a second. Um, and so I think we need to look at any of the various underlying um, technologies. You know, there are different chains that you could look at um, that have different capabilities, some with smart contracts, some, you know, fit for payments. And then see, you know, like, do some of these things evolve going forward? Like, you know, you're seeing an evolution of the underlying technology associated with Bitcoin. Um, and so I think, you know, we'll bring together our point of view. We'll work across the ecosystem um, and see if there are ways of possibly converging in some way some of these underlying technologies. Uh, and if not, take the best of each of them and enable our consumers, depending on what they want to use, to be able to use any underlying payment technology or infrastructure to advance whatever their payment may be. Okay, I just have to squeeze in this quickly. Will um, PayPal join Square and other companies in adding Bitcoin to its balance sheet? You know, um, we're still looking at that. It's not necessarily, you know, high on our radar screen. You know, we want to utilize our cash balances and uh, our capital allocation in thoughtful ways. One, a lot of our capital allocation, you know, is governed by regulatory bodies. Like, where can we have that invested? Number two, you know, we don't necessarily like the ups and downs of what can happen if you invest in a certain asset class. And we want to use that for potential, you know, acquisitions and have that readily available to us. So that's not... Um, that's not necessarily high on our radar screen. That doesn't mean that we don't believe in the underlying value of Bitcoin or others. In fact, really, Jeff, if you think about it, what we're trying to do is create utility, real utility, over and above it being an asset class. How do we have cryptocurrencies being a funding instrument in our wallets? And that's just like step one for increasing functionality. And that to me is the real value add that PayPal can add to our consumers uh, and to the digital currency community at large. Finally, what's one thing the US government could do to facilitate the sort of transformations you're discussing? Well, I think the government is looking carefully at modernizing um, the underlying infrastructure. Um, and I think 
all governments and regulators need to be careful and considered. Um, and that's what I think, you know, our government is doing inside the U.S. And they need to balance kind of innovation with financial stability, you know, and other monetary goals that they have. And so I think um, embracing what could be, not being wed to necessarily what is, but kind of imagining kind of if we move into these new technologies, if we move into more central bank digital currencies, what could that unleash? Like what good things could that unleash? And then what regulatory guardrails do we have to make sure that, you know, we don't let bad guys into the system, that we protect uh, consumers? That's all in line with the way that we're thinking um, as well. And so just an open mind consideration of what could be working hand in hand uh, with the public and private sector together, I think that could be very powerful. It's a really thoughtful answer. Okay, well, Dan, thanks so much for taking the time. And yeah, keep up the great work. I've really enjoyed following your company. Yeah, Jeff, thank you so much. A real pleasure. I hope we get to do this again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. I'll be back tomorrow with a normal weekend update, but we couldn't pass up this conversation. Until tomorrow, happy hodling.